In today's episode, we're speaking to Joseph Hoog. Joseph is born and raised in Iowa. He went to, he graduated from Iowa State University after serving in the Marine Corps. He worked in corporate finance and real estate before starting a career in investment analysis. He has appeared in Bloomberg, a CNBC, and led a team of equity analysts for a venture capital research firm. He holds a master's degree in business and chartered financial analyst CFA designation. Joseph left the corporate world in 2014 to build his online business, first through creating websites and later through his YouTube channel. Let's talk money. He's since grown a community to 550,000 subscribers and reaches more than 1.8 million people a month through his blogs, YouTube and weekly market newsletter. Let's speak to Joseph and find out how he changed his life by changing his mindset. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. And today we have an amazing guest with us. Um, today we have the amazing Joseph Hoke. Welcome, Joseph. Cool. Thanks for having me. Uh, pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for being a guest today. People have heard your intro. They know how amazing you are, Joseph. But please, in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you do. Well, I uh, come from a, an equity analyst background, so investment analysis, and that um, moved over into you know the the online space, I guess you'd say, in 2014, and I started on YouTube in 2017, and really just love the face to face connection we get from there on uh, on YouTube for you know sharing investment advice, sharing uh, personal financial experiences, and really kind of hoping or helping people guide themselves into that that financial future that they they deserve. Wonderful. So pretty much you give a financial investment advice, which is I think we all need, especially in this day and age with the rising inflation and God knows what sure. else. Another conversation for another time. But I, I want to talk about you today, Joseph. I, um, you've got all these, um, you know, quotations, you've got all these amazing achievements, but I want to talk about how it got started for me. How did it all start from you? What give us about your, you know, your journey, how, you know, from, you know, you think this is most appropriate, but ideally where you were and how did you get to where you are doing at the moment? Sure. Well, you know, I, I think I, I kind of really started out on the, the typical rat, rat race life story, right? Uh, you know, basically stepping down that same path that we're all taught to go on yeah. uh, or taught I'm back fine. then, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago, it was always you go to college, uh, yeah. you get a job. And uh, even if you don't like the job, it still pays the bills. Uh, so, you know, you do it, uh, you do it anyway, you work too much, and, and then you die. And basically, that's that was the same story for, for everyone, right? <laughs> And mystic, uh, isn't that? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a great life story, I'm sure. But uh, so I started working, uh, you know, started working in, in financial accounting and and that, and and quickly transferred over into investment analysis and, and venture capital. And I really like loved that that investment analysis uh, part of it. You know, being able to to really see your money work for you and 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 watch it grow. But there is still something missing, right? And and the, the work hours were horrible in venture capital. Uh, we used to used to have a saying that if you can't get your butt out of bed to to come to work on Saturday, don't bother coming to work on Sunday, 
right? Uh, and so that's, that's really, oh, that's really how it was. Oh, wow. Okay. It was, it was tough. Uh, so, you know, I knew I wanted to own my own assets. Uh, mm -hmm. So I did. Uh, and there was a point where, you know, working with private, private wealth management, working in venture capital, you're only working with like that top 1% of, mm -hmm. uh, you know, of wage earners. You're really only working for, for really the rich. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, I really wanted a, a sense of, you know, getting back to, to where I come from and working with, you know, just Main Street investors, regular people. So mm -hmm. I started uh, started blogging in 2014, you know, uh, and I really immediately fell in love with that connection that you mm -hmm. get with people, with people out there online. Um, started in 2017 on YouTube, really sharing the, sharing the financial advice through video. And uh, I mean, it's just been amazing. You know, that face-to-face -face connection, much more of a closer personal yeah. relationship you get there on video. Uh, and it's been great. It's been uh, just exponential growth uh, from starting in 2017 to now about 550,000 uh, people in the community. I hate to call it subscribers because it, it really is kind of that community sense, that community feel, um, you know, helping, helping each other out. And, and, and I love it. You know, I, I, love, I love being able to help people with their financial goals. Wonderful. And that sounds amazing. Now let's, let's unpack this a little bit, because I know what you're talking about, because we come from, I mean, we both come from corporate backgrounds. I, my background is a lawyer and oh, wow. yes, we do similar sort of um, hours or crazy hours. hours. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, doing 70 to 80 hours was quite normal when I was, you know, because especially I was in the banking and finance sector. So, you know, that's just crazy hours that we do, sure. but we did, we did, we would, did get time off as well. So I have to say, and not much, <laughs> but we did get some time off when we had a deal go through, but it's, it's a complete different mindset. Um, you, when you have these corporate jobs and people, and I think most of this audience is corporate people. So I think this is why they'll, they relate to this. They're either from corporate background and transitioned over or are thinking of transitioning over. And when you have that kind of lifestyle where you have commitments, you have financial commitments, you have lifestyle commitments, you know, you, you're used to certain kind of house and kind of cars and certain kind of dress code, et cetera. And you have, you're used to certain kind of, you know, reliable income, even though there's a obviously ceiling on how much you can earn, but there's a, you're trading time for money, but still there's a, there's a you know, there's a, there's a, at least, you know, so, so-called there's a sense that you know it's it's predictable income every single month you're going to get that now when you take a step back from it um you know i know even though long term it you the rewards are much higher it being being employed for yourself and you work for yourself so your time it obviously is owned by you however you spend it but initially there's a big jump there's a big leap from going to from being an employee where someone else pays you and responsible is responsible for your for your paycheck to completely asking for your paycheck yourself and being responsible on a month-to-month -month basis. So let's talk us through how did you jump, make the jump from being the corporate um, slave, I should say, because it really is so many crazy hours, to being um, being self-employed and sure. having your own business. So talk sure. us through that. Well, I, I cheated actually. Uh, you know, I I actually uh, started. I did some uh, free trade consulting in Colombia, uh, the country, right? Colombia, uh, Medellin, Colombia, in 2006 around the free trade agreement. Uh, loved it. You know, loved obviously the uh, the lower cost of living. It's about a fifth of what I, I would pay in a city the same size, uh, probably about mm -hmm. Chicago in the U.S. Um, so in 2013, I, I ended up moving back down, um, and you know, being able to use that kind of 
geographic arbitrage, right, uh, which a lot of people are doing nowadays with, uh, with that freelancer movement, uh, it really opens up a lot of opportunities for you to be able to lower your cost of living, start in on maybe your own business or, or something where you might not be making that much to start off with. I think when I started my blogs, uh, those first six months, I made all of $56. And that was on the tail end of the six months. Uh, and from a book that I published and, and released on Amazon. So uh, it really does help to uh, to be able to control your expenses. Uh, one thing you, you were talking there and, and really you know really brought to my mind, um, you've got that expectation of of uh, living and living expenses and costs and things that you were talking about, and it really brings to mind uh, the idea of that lifestyle creep, right? Where where it, it is amazing. You will look at the same person, um, a doctor, a lawyer, somebody you know very successful, a high wage earner, uh, and that same person has lived on. $20,000 a year when they were maybe an intern or yeah. in their residency. And then they've lived on 150 or $300,000 a year uh, when, you know, as their, as their income starts growing. And at each of those periods, they're still unable to, uh, to save any money, you know, yeah. So, so there, there is a sense of, you know, when I did, I did start uh, understanding that I wanted this change, then I did start to kind of control my my expenses, right? You have to, you have to bring some things, uh, some expenses down, you have to understand what you really, what you really don't need. Uh, and, and what what really makes you happy, right? Because that's what it's what it's really about. Uh, if you're, uh, if you're, if you're working the same, same amount of hours, and uh, at your, you know, at your, your own business, right? We'll call it your own business, uh, and not making any money, and you're not happy, then just have a job. You know, I, I think we we kind of glamorize uh, entrepreneurship a little bit sometimes. Yeah, I think uh, because the, the rewards are higher, but people don't people don't appreciate there is a lot of hard work that goes through it in the front end. There is, there is, uh, and, and so yeah, you've got to be able to dedicate yourself. Uh, but it is really about that control of uh, of your, you know, your your having the responsibilities, uh, but that control of your time, uh, the control over your future. You know, basically, you are. Uh, you know, your own work and your own effort uh, directly correlates. I mean, you can draw a direct line between your work and your effort to how much money you make, how much your business grows and, and all that kind of stuff. Whereas with a larger corporation, uh, you know, it, it might not really matter that quite that much. You might get over uh, outvoted by a lot of other voices or uh, or you might just be another cog in that wheel. So, um, so yeah, you really, uh, you really do need to, to kind of balance those when you do make the decision. Uh, again, for myself, I, you know, I kind of cheated a little bit. I, I lowered my expenses. Uh, mm -hmm. Another, another thing that really helped was looking at different income sources for this type of business. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you know, the, obviously, this goes for for any type of business, but. Um, you know, finding the different income sources, the ones that work immediately that you can focus on, bring some money in, and then, uh, you know, and then grow the other ones, the, the slower momentum ones, uh, step by step. Uh, another another thing I did was just started freelancing, right? I started freelancing as an equity analyst online uh, to pick up pick up money while I was while I was building my own assets. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's that seems what well, I mean, everything you described so far describes like some, having some sort of plan having an sure. exit strategy so for those listening you know if, if you need to transition over then first of all make the decision that you are going to transition over and then give yourself a deadline and then make a plan work backwards and like you said reduce certain expenses i think it's more difficult when you have a family involved especially if you're in oh, your you know, late 30s early 40s you will have a young family 
And I know one of my major expenses is uh, my kids' school fees. Now, that's always been personal choice, but it's been a non-negotiable for me that that my kids were going to go to private school. That's it. And my sole reason for doing everything that I did initially was making sure my kids went back into private education. That's my, you know, my passion. I have, you know, my reasons. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. Even irrespective of that, I think if you have a family, especially a young family, then you you really feel obliged to re, you know remain in your current employment because you think you don't want to risk their livelihood you don't want to risk them not having a home or not having food or not having you know etc all the, all the things that go through your head and so how how you know what advice would you give being you know being in financing and having that you know being able to have wear the hat off as an advisor as well what sure. advice would you give to someone who's thinking, you know, a chap who's like in early 40s, he has two kids and he hates his job. He's a lawyer. Let's get him, make him a lawyer because lawyers hate their jobs. Of course they do. Um, you know, and he's making 150K um, to 200K sometimes, you know, with bonuses. Yet he loathes every single day he goes into work and he's passionate about, I don't know, cars. I'm passionate about cars. Let's cars. So he wants to have his, um, I don't know, some some small sort of business or something to do with cars where he can promote cars or whatever. He, he has an idea. He knows he can make it work. There's you know there's commercial viability because he has a sensibility, but he's afraid to make that leap because he has two young children that he, you know that he's concerned about. Now, what advice sure. would you give to a, a gentleman like that? Sure. Well, you know, I'd, I'd just tell them to ask them to step back and uh, ask themselves, you know, how, how happy are their are his children? And, and he may not even be able to answer the question if he's working so many hours at this job that he doesn't hate. Right. So you've really got to, you've really got to kind of uh, take the blinders off, off of that, that kind of, uh, you know, I don't want to say rat race mentality, but, but that, that uh, earn more, earn more mentality uh, and see, okay, you know what, what are make, what are going to make my kids happiest? You know, if they're, those are the priorities in your life, what are going to make them happy? And, and a lot of times, um, you know, it is, it is surprisingly less than, than what you think. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously if you've got, uh, you know, priorities like, like that private schooling that have a set cost, uh, maybe some way you can uh, negotiate, uh, you know, for, for trade and services uh, to lower that amount. Uh, and sometimes it's just set in stone, right? So those are your, you know, those are kind of baseline expenses that you have to work with. Up for things like that. I mean, it's something which is sure. non-negotiable. Um, if I wasn't, I mean, I just made, I made, I moved heaven and hell, just to be honest, to, be, to make sure that the kids are back in, that's, that's the kind of thing I do. I'm very good at manifesting. But had I, uh, now looking back in hindsight, I would not do what I did. I would plan more. And it's not that difficult. You can factor and reduce all the other costs and factor in, okay, that's what exactly. I need to do. Save up for it. And this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, once that's, so instead of building a reserve just for home, you build a reserve for your children's, whatever, you know, whatever is non-negotiable for you. So that is taken care of. So it doesn't matter what employment I have, their fees or their, that thing has been taken care of. This much I have for, you know, for to tip me over while I'm building my other business and you're good to go. You know, there's a plan in motion you can have for sure. whatever's non-negotiable for you. Some people, the car's non-negotiable. For, for me, it was the, the kids' education. For somebody, somebody else, it could be health reasons. But you can fix 
figure out what is your non-negotiable, figure out the costs associated with that, and then make a plan around it. There's always Absolutely. a way, right? Absolutely. And I think what's important here is that, you know, we uh, we get we get so set in, um, you know, that level or that status or that level yeah. of, oh, of yeah. expenses that we're spending. And it, it's, it's very it seems like it's going to be very painful to make the switch to, to spending on less. Uh, but, you, you know, I mean, I had an old gunny in the Marine Corps that used to say, you know, show me an income and I'll show you how to live above it. Right. If there is always there is always a way to live above your expenses. And, uh, you know, surprisingly, like we talked about uh, earlier with the 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 resident, uh, you know, the resident uh, physician that can live on $20,000 a year that still can't live on $300,000 a year, you can live on any income. And, and I think what's important here is that, you know, you're happy, you're doing something with your life that feels like a purpose, not just a job, but feels like a career and a purpose. Uh, and you're happy doing it. And, and that's going to make everyone around you happier, right? So... I'd say I just say don't uh, don't underestimate the uh, you know the satisfaction and the, uh, the the enjoyment level and the happiness uh, of yourself and the people around you when you do make that change into something that you enjoy doing and, and something that feels like more like a passion project than just you know that that nine to five job. I agree. I think and I think you just hit the nail on the head. It's I think we use excuses, Joseph. I think we use excuses Definitely. for all my kids or this one happened. The fact of the matter is we're so afraid to take the, take the plunge. You know, we're so afraid of failure. Um, and at times we're just afraid of losing our status. So I think one of the biggest things, I spent all my all my life, well, it seems like all my life, studying for my exams and, you know, and, being, and, I'm, and by the way, I'm, I'm very severely dyslexic. So it was even more worse for me reading all these law cases and God knows what else. And I had a certain status because I'm a barrister and I'm an attorney and, you know, all, all of that good stuff. It was very difficult for me to let go of that status and to say, you know, I'm a business owner now. And um, and this is what we, we sort of take on, that we, we intertwine our identity with our professions and the status that goes with it. You know, uh, you know it was very, it was, you know, when people say, um, okay, I work for myself, but I'm an online consultant. Or what am I? Okay, the nearest thing I can explain is I'm a life coach because I want someone I am. So I'm like, okay, I'm a life coach. And then, oh, okay, but you're a lawyer. You, know, it, 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 you get that kind of reaction. So I know what I'm talking about. But I had that when I was first starting out. So I think a lot of the time, it's not that the, the practicalities of, of, of living on, on, on less money, it's also letting go of your status, of your, you know, I'm this and I'm that, and I work for XYZ company, and I have this much, you know, shares and that kind of pay package, and, you know, that, that status that goes with it. And it's not just in making the money, it's a status that goes with making that money. I think we're so afraid to let go of that. And failing, if we, you know, if, if we try something different, which is working with our passion, but it's easier for us to blame not my kids or my wife or my husband's not going to let me do it. Can you see if I knew where I'm getting? Is it the excuses overtake us, and then we turn ninety and realize I didn't live my life; I just worked for someone else. Sure, sure, and and you, I think you you. You brought up a great point there with uh, it is your identity. We get locked into an identity and you say, this is who I am. Uh, and so many times it is kind of a very shallow, uh, shallow definition of that identity. Uh, mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, you could say, you know, I'm a barrister. I, I, I'm a lawyer. Um, but then you don't say I'm a lawyer, but I'm unhappy. You know, I'm a yeah. lawyer, but I work so many hours that I don't see my kids. Um, and, and so 
you know, beyond that identity, that shallow identity of, you know, you're a lawyer or, or you're an equity analyst or something like that, then you have to build a broader story around that uh, to really see, you know, who you are. Uh, and if it, if it includes you're unhappy, you're working so many hours that you don't see your family and, and they're probably, you know, a little bit, just a little bit miserable because of that as well, then, uh, then, then that, that starts, uh, that starts you on that path to understanding how to change that identity or why you even need to change that identity. Agreed. Agreed. I think, I think this is very important to realize uh, when you, when all, not just that, I think this is an additional factor. We need to know what our priorities are. A lot of the times we think as long as I make money and as long as I do this, then my family will be happy. And I think and the reason why I was able to look from the other point of view was, so my my reasoning for coming into having a business was because of, of a divorce. And I remember thinking at the time, because my first logical conclusion was go back to law, my lawyer. So, you know, go back into law. And my, my dad and my brother expecting me to, you know, to go back into law. It was something that I, it was, everyone thought, you know, she'll, you know, it's okay, she'll be fine. She'll be, she'll go back to law. And I remember looking at my two children. My t- I had a five-year-old and a nine-year-old at the time. And I thought, if I go back to law and I knew the kind of lifestyle I would have, um, you know, especially the fact that I've been at the, the game for so long, I have to build myself up. And, you know, they're, they're, I mean, with the exception that there is prejudice against mother, working mothers and everything else, I knew I'd be up against that too. So I have to prove myself. So forget all of those extra hurdles. The fact that matter, I would be spending at least 60, 70 hours out of home on my work to be, to be able to get the income, to be able to, you know, I didn't send them to private school, but just send them to having a decent lifestyle and get food on the table. Sure. Having that in front of me with the idea, well, I'm, I'm starting from scratch. I must have started something different anyway. I think I had, <laughs> I cheated as well, both in one way, because I had to know, I was starting from scratch in both places. So I, it was, it was, you know, which way, which one did I want more? And even though the, the legal side made more logical sense because my training, my background, et cetera, et cetera, I was good at my job. To the other side, which I was an unknown, but having a business, I've never had a, a viable business before and working in this new field, doing new things and working energy work, it was coming different. Yet it was my children. The idea of spending 60 hours a week away from my children. So they were brought up by nanny and they already weren't seeing the father. So they weren't gonna see the mama either. I, that's what I couldn't deal with. So I think you, you, we have to step back and see exactly like you said, is this gentleman's children, you know, not seeing the dad happy? If they are young, if he's a young family, they want to spend, you know, go play footy, with, you know, football with the dad or, you know, play hockey or whatever, whatever, you know, whatever, you know, kids want to do. But they'd rather have them in the home than an expensive gift, you know, such a, you know, PS5 or something in, in, in playing in a room, which I, I'm sure my 11 year old would disagree with. <laughs> uh, my, yeah, my, I think my son would probably rather have a PS5 as well. But, uh, you know, when he gets older, he'll he'll remember the uh, the time spent together rather than the PS5, I think. I hope, anyway. I'm sure they will. So I think this is important to know then when we're making excuses up and who we are using as excuses, right? Definitely, sure. And and I mean, all of this it do, it isn't to say that you have to jump right into, uh, you know, that that uh, that business and that kind of thing. Uh, it, it is definitely a, a possibility or, or an option where you you just work five to ten hours on that, uh, you know, that online business. Uh, you know, whether it's through freelancing, whether it's through starting to creating those online assets like, you know, like a YouTube channel or like a blog or uh, any kind of a website, anything like that, you can you can really uh, you truly can build a business in five to 10 hours. Do that for six months. Do that for a year even uh, while you still have your, your regular job. 
and build those assets up to where they are, you know, supporting uh, supporting some kind of a level of income rather mm-hmm. than just, you know, one day saying, you know what, I'm not going into work today. Uh, I don't care if I'm not getting a paycheck anymore. So this isn't this isn't a necessarily a, a question of extreme extremes, but just uh, which what path you want to you want to take on it. And basically, uh, the bottom line is uh, have a plan. Um, one way or the other and one way is um, and the reason why I said sometimes it's better to save up reason being one you get used to living on a lower income so that's a very important training factor while you while you still have the full-time job too uh, I think it, if you are for example I remember when I was working 60 70 hours um, and you know coming home and if I had two children or three children whatever you know families are and then have a wife or a husband to deal with as well finding the extra time to do what I want to do would be Oh, next to impossible. I, I I know that for a fact. I mean, I'm mentally and physically exhausted. But I could what I could do is take my income and reduce my expenses as much as possible. So I'm saving at least 50% or at least 40% for six months so that I'm able to either go part-time or say, I'm done. You know, sure. I can always go back to work if I need to, but for the next six months, I'm just going to focus on this business. Can you see what I mean? You yeah. Oh, there, there is. There's a way around it. Yeah, I think yeah, exactly. I think the the point is that you know once you have that will to uh, to make that change and to really examine your own identity and and see where you want to go, then I mean there are many many ways to to get there and many paths to get there. Uh, you you just have to have that will to to take one of those paths. And what would your advice be to someone who's uh, you know investing wise? Right, we're going to come on to this in my talk anyway, but. How did you allow yourself to, to be able to have that financial freedom? I know you reduced expenses, but what else did you work on? How did you work on your mindset in order to do this? Hmm. Now, see, it's, it's, it's kind of a hard question because, I, I mean, I did come from venture capital, uh, private wealth management. So I did, I did very well uh, before that. And we had built up quite, quite a, a sizable nest egg uh, to be able to make that transition. So okay. it's, a, it's a little bit about cheating, a little bit about, uh, uh, you know, just, just saving the savings that you were talking about. Uh, as far as changing the mindset, you know, I think, I think I was just at, at a point where uh, I, had had, I had had enough uh, with it. So it was, it was easy to change that mindset from, you know, the, uh, from, from the, the, uh, the work-life balance that I had, the, uh, you know, the, the frustration uh, with my job that I had, um, something had to change. And, and, you know, I made the commitment to change it for the better, change my mindset into that of a, an entrepreneur and, and someone with some kind of control over my future, rather than, I guess, you know, let it destroy me and, and, and not change that mindset. Perfect. Well, on that note, we're going to wrap this up. So, Jesse, tell us, how can we connect you on the internet? Where can we find you? Sure. Well, I love uh, love connecting with people there on YouTube. Love to see everybody there on the channel called Let's Talk Money. Uh, we cover mostly uh, investing, uh, equity analysis, investing, and financial decisions. We do talk about you know building passive income, building side hustles, and entrepreneurship on occasion. Uh, but yeah, just stop by the channel, uh, join the community, and would love to see you there. Uh, I also have a, the blog called MyStockMarketBasics.com, uh, where I talk a little bit about the uh, you know a l- little bit more basics on the. Uh, investing, uh, really trying to get people back to those core concepts and ideas that, that frankly, is about 90% of investing. It's just really the, the core basics. Wonderful, wonderful, fantastic. So if you are um, listening to us on the podcast, then the links that um, that uh, that Joseph just mentioned would be in the show notes. And if you're watching us on YouTube, then down below, we'll have the link to his YouTube channel and we'll have a description where you can uh, connect with him on for his uh, blog as well. Well, thank you so much for coming today on our, on our Friday feature, Joseph. It's been a pleasure talking to you, but we have to have you back on Money Talkies. So please, please do come back. 
Absolutely. I'd love to. Thanks, Cole. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to me today and Joseph. I will be back with another amazing guest on another Friday feature, asking them about their life and how, finding out how they change their life by changing their mindset. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.gulkhan.com and if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop and if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money then go and get my book Laws of Money from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.